pray. Amen. Please turn your Bible with me. This morning, God is bringing his word to us from the book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And I want us to, we are going to uh, read now because of our time. So we'll take it in segment uh, because that is our next focus. Um, now I would, um, I'm only going to read um, up to verse five and then we'll do like an introduction this morning and then trust God for other days. Exodus 20, I read from verse one. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Remember, God told us on Sunday that he's jealous. He's just a jealous God. Visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon Visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate that hate him. Let somebody shout a big hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, brethren, this morning God is speaking to us on the subject, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. See, when the Lord uh, places this word in my heart. I wasn't expecting it as usual. And I said, I have not actually had um, an exhortation that's focused specifically on the Ten Commandments. Now, so there's a reason. And if we open our heart to what God has for us, I tell you, there we find our miracle. There we find, some, you know, you find the, the things, all your expectations are turned to testimony. Now, what are, what are commandments? Let's begin with that. Commandments are written and spoken words, instructions, and revelations, which becomes law and guiding principle for which becomes law and guiding principle for a victorious life here on earth. I take it again. What are commandments? Commandments are written and spoken words, instructions, and revelations, which becomes law. So those written, spoken words, instructions, and revelations, so if they are compiled and they become written, they become laws, they become guiding principles for us to live a glorious life here on earth. And so if you look at God was the one who instructed Moses to come up to the mountain and 
of course, the, the story, if you look at the story of the people of Israel, see how God began it? That was why we said that revival of any community, nation, family begins with one person. God began by dealing with Moses on a personal level. First of all, introduce himself. First of all, show him who he is. Manifest his wonders in Exodus chapter, you know, chapter 3 and so on. And now, when Moses has come to town of who God is, and then the next thing was that then God was able to now send him to commission him. And that's exactly what God is still doing in this generation. There is no man that God uses in any capacity. There is no family individual that God uses. God will first of all manifest himself to them. He won't bypass them and go and be using them. No, he prepares them. He equips them. And so the mission was for Moses, was for him to be able to deliver the people of Israel, to become their leader, and then, you know, raise them out the land of bondage. Now, we are quite familiar with that story. Now, jumping to this part. Now, the good news is here now is this. Right from Genesis chapter 3, I mean, um, Exodus chapter 3, up to chapter 14, it was the deliverance of the people of Israel from their captivity. This morning, at the instance of the word of God, whatever thing that may represent captivity in your life, this morning you are delivered from them. I say you are delivered from them. You are delivered from them. Maybe there is a thought, an ungodly thought weighing you down. You are delivered in the name of Jesus. Maybe there's a thought of, oh, you might be arrested. In the name of Jesus, you will not be arrested in the name of Jesus. Maybe there's a thought that you might fall, you might not make heaven. In the name of Jesus, you will not fall, you will make heaven in the name of Jesus. So, and that was how the journey began. But, because these people were, we are talking about slaves. You see, if you, if you redeem a slave, the first thing to do with that slave is not to give him a big house. The first thing to do with that slave, actually, in fact, is not to buy him a big car. The first thing to do with that slave, actually, is actually not even to buy the most fancy gold, you know, a earring and all of that suit for him. The first thing is to change his identity. The first thing is to change his mind. Because if you don't change the mind of that slave, he continues to think like a slave. He continues to behave like a slave. He continues to act like a slave. So no matter the kind of house or blessing that you may surround him with, or, or him with, he will still behave like a slave, even in the presence of president. But when his mind changes, when it changes inside, then it begins to affect the outer life. So that was the experience of people of Israel. They were enslaved. They were no, all they know is about slavery. So, and then when God has delivered them, and then they have seen the wonders, they've seen the glory of God, how an angel was before them as a pillar of flour by the day, as a pillar of fire by the night, and so on and so forth. Exodus 13, verse 21. Now, but then when God now brought them out, God needed to give them a guiding principle. God needed to provide them a direction, something that will help them. Look at human beings. If there was no law, if there was no guiding principle, even in family, even in church, even in the, that's why you talked about doctrinal you know, uh, practices. If there is no guiding principle, there won't be progress. 
If there's no guiding principle, everybody will be doing what they like. Somebody can just come out today and say, God spoke to them that uh, you should do this. This one, this one, this one, this one. And that's why you see a lot of, you know, uh, you know, chaos and here and there. So God now told Moses, God called Moses. He says, see, there is something called Ten Commandments. Now, this commandment, Jesus Christ, you know, the, the New Testament, you know, it, it, it's there to help fulfill that commandment. And so these commandments are aimed at guiding us. They are not aimed at making us looking like that um, richer people. No, they are not aimed at making you poor. No, they are not making, aimed at making you look like a better. No. They are there to guide. They are there to help you live a victorious life. Because man, in his nature, you know, like uh, one of the psychologists said, that is the, the man is the most difficult animal, uh, the most difficult animal to control. So, yes. And so, now, if there is no law guiding man, man can misbehave. Even despite the law, there is law, you know, uh, you know there's different kind of law in place. And so, all the laws we have in the world today, all the guiding principles, what we call in the constitution for a nation, they all stem out of Exodus 20. All the constitution. So it is from this that nations of the world begin to learn the need for them to have what they call constitution. So the constitution of Canada or the constitution of India or the constitution of Ghana or whatever nation where you came from or you are joining us, or Nigeria, it's a guiding principle. It's a commandment that if you do this, then the law call will say, you have done this, you have done, you have violated section so and so and so. Now, with this background story, to help you understand the need for it, I tell you, growing up, no one really explained to us this Ten Commandments. We don't really know what we just know that uh, daddy and mama will say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But we don't really know the story. Now, now another thing about commandment is this. Commandments are practices put in place by God for the purposes of knowing him. So we are defining it now in number two. Commandments are practices put in place by God for what purpose? For the purposes of one, knowing him, for the purposes of, uh, of walking with him in truth and in righteousness, and for the purposes of pleasing him. So God put all these laws together so that we can know him better. Remember, we were slaves to sin. Our life described the life of the, 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 the Israelites. These fellas were in, were in sin. Yeah, they were in bondage. Sin put people in bondage. But, but what the Ten Commandments, why God instituted is that to liberate you from the bondage of sin. I tell you a good example. Thou shalt not kill. Anyone that may have killed for any reason in the past, whether by mistake, whether in the military, whether by abortion, whether by enemies, I tell you, if that person has not received pardon from God, that person lives with guilt for the rest of his or her life. And guilt leads to depression. Guilt kills people, leads to high blood pressure. So can you see that 
These things are there to guide us. That when you remember them, you know that you shall not do this. They are not meant to make life hard for us. And so we must correct that. And that's why the Bible says that the commandments of the Lord are not grievous. God is saying it's not grievous. So it's not difficult. What I'm asking you, it's for your own good. That's the way God was telling the Israel and I'm telling us today. So you are here this morning. You are in the bondage of sin. I want you to know your life was the life of the Egyptians. I mean, the Israelites in Egypt, they were in bondage. Sin took people in bondage. But the Ten Commandments, the law of God, which has now been compiled all together into the Bible, they are there to help deliver you. Can't you see how much God loves you? He doesn't want you and I to miss it. He doesn't want our children to miss it. He wants us to live an enviable and a purposeful life. You know he wants us to live happily, not frowning your face, not, uh, you know, carrying the whole with the problem of the world, not, you know, living under the consequences of your sin that you've committed. That's why the laws are there. If you accept it, you obey it, and you do what it says, you see that peace comes. And when there is peace, there is progress. Where there is peace, there is prosperity. I want you to bow down your head this morning, um, wherever you may be, joining us this morning. You've heard the word of God. Now. Uh, the rest of us who are born again, who have been liberated from, born, uh, from Egypt. Now, if you have been delivered from Egypt, what is your first prayer point? Begin to appreciate God for the world. Lift up your voice on high and appreciate him for the light that break forth unto you this morning through the world, through the word of God. Now, if you are here this morning, you are still living in Egypt. What Egypt symbolizes is the place of sin. If you are still there, I want you to know there's something better for you. There's a promised land waiting for you. There's a promised land that God is set to take you to. That promised land, here on earth and also in heaven. But the gateway to get to that promised land, you need to forsake Egypt. You need to come to Jesus. Jesus is the, is the, is the Moses that God has sent to liberate mankind from every bondage of sin. So you are here this morning or you are, your, you are joining your family, you are somewhere on your bed or in the corner of your house. Hear me this morning. I want you to raise up your right hand if you are not born again. You have not accepted Jesus. You have not forsaken Egypt. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning as a sinner. Please forgive me my sin. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, deliver me from Egypt. Deliver me from the yoke of sin. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Lord, I pray for as many that have prayed this prayer. Please forgive them their sins. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If you have prayed this prayer, we have a Believer's Class uh, program that will be starting next week by God's grace. Please do give us your name. Send it to, uh, you know, to Brother Titus or just send it, post it, and then here it will get across to you because we want you to grow. Now we are going to pray, brethren. You have three prayers to pray, and then you have your own personal prayer. Now, what is your next prayer point? Your next prayer point is this. You have heard the word of God. You can be born again and still be manifesting Egypt in your life. So what is that Egypt that is still in your life? That's the first thing we are going to deal with before we take the remaining two prayers. You are going to pray and say, Father. Father. Uh, please, can you, yes, actually, more mute your devices as we pray together. You are going to say, Father. Father. You are going to say, Father. 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 Aminate all the lifestyles of Egypt that is still in man.
Every presence of Egypt in my life, lose me from them. In the name of Jesus. What are the places of Egypt? In Egypt, there is lies. In Egypt, there is gossip. In Egypt, there is depression. In Egypt, there is death. In Egypt, there is sickness. In Egypt, there is failure. Whatever thing that represents Egypt in your home, in your this morning, Amen. Your mind, your heart. Many people they've accepted Jesus, but they are still living in Egypt. Their mind has not been liberated. They are still living under the yoke of sin, under the yoke of fear. So you are going to pray that this morning, my mind, you are going to place your right hand upon your chest. My heart, my mind is delivered from Egypt. Everything, every, every, every part of Egypt. Every lifestyle of Egypt, every behavior of Egypt, this morning I am free from them. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and make that your prayer. My heart is free. My mind is free. In the name of Jesus, my heart is free. In my heart is My mind is free. We are free. Amen. A louder amen. Amen. Now, we'll repeat that prayer. You see, if the enemy told you or you are still living under ascent, it's not possible to have a perfect marriage. You are still living in Egypt. <coughs> if the enemy tell you, mm, in Canada, it's not possible for somebody to be wealthy. You are still living in Egypt. Your mind needs to be delivered. If you are, if you are, if your mind is telling you it's not possible to have a, a perfect children, ah, then your mind is in Egypt. Your mind must be liberated from your old way of thinking to thinking like God. And until that happens, you see that nothing, no changes. So you are going to pray. Every thought and imagination of Egypt, every thought and imagination of Egypt, I am free from them in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and make that your prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. A louder amen. Amen. Now, last prayer, and then you add your personal prayer. As part of the thought of Egypt, is the thought of, oh, uh, women, this don't have uh, anymore. They do have. You don't have to go through CS. Uh, so, these are thoughts of Egypt. Now, you are going to pray. Now, when you listen to the commandment of the law and you obey it, 
there are blessings and, and promises and abundant blessings. So you are going to lift up your voices. You are going to say, Father, Father. every blessing that you have packaged for me in my promised land. Every blessing that you have packaged for me. Please do not allow them to elude me. Let it begin to manifest in my life today. Let it begin to manifest in my family, in my home, in my marriage, everything. Take that your prayer in the name of Jesus. All the blessings that you have given for me in my promised land. This morning in the name of Jesus. Let it begin to manifest in my life. In Jesus. Amen. And then ask the Lord what you want Him to do. You can mute your devices. You have few seconds. Mute your devices and then ask the Lord what do you want Him to do for you? Make sure you are not sleeping. Pour out your heart. You have heard His word. God meant good. He didn't mean evil towards any one of us. He didn't mean evil. The same way for the children of Israelite. If there was no evil in God's heart towards them. God meant good for them. And that was the reason why he, he arranged a plan to bring them out. God has also has, God, God has made a plan to bring you out of that depth. He has plan in place to bring you out of that confusion in your heart. He has plans in place to, to give you joy in your marriage. He has plans in place to give you wonderful children. He has plans in place to give you wonderful husband. You are here, you are a sister. Say, Lord, give me a God-fearing man. God has heard you. God has heard you. Pour out your heart unto him and he will grant you your heart desire. Begin to appreciate him for answers to your prayer. If you believe that he has heard you, give him time. In Jesus' most powerful name, we are praying. I'd like you to please stretch forth your hand wherever you may be, turn to God. King of glory, we are grateful. You are a loving father indeed. You are good. You are kind. There is no evil in your heart towards us. Everything you have done, you have done it for our good. Lord Jesus, even though sometimes we may see it, we don't see it that way. Lord, like you delivered the people of Israel from Egypt, the land of captivity, the land of bondage, so also you have come to deliver us from the land of captivity, the land of sin. This morning, your word that you have put in my heart, Lord, I have declared unto your people. Let this word begin to profit your children. Let it begin to profit their homes their marriages, their children, their spouses. Let it have expression in their life. Let it cause prosperity all around. Let it cause peace all around. Let it cause abundance all around. Let it cause transformation all around. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in their world, let it lead to prosperity. Let it lead to open doors. In the name of Jesus, over their children, let it lead to peace. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you all the glory. As you go, you will testify. The Lord will send help to you and you will come back with testimony. 
In Jesus' most glorious name, we have prayed. Shall we share the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Give it to your neighbor. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Uh, it is well with you all in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a blessed day.